Welcome to the third lesson. Previously, we've been talking about what the stress loop is, how to interrupt that loop to create more space between the stimulus and response where there's more choice and possibility and freedom. We talked about what mindfulness is and how it's a path towards creating more awareness, like a skill to even widen that space on demand and be able to relate to it in a way that's going to give us a better sense of control over our minds and our bodies, give us more choice, more possibility. That's there. And now I want to talk to you about ways to actually balance your nervous system. Our nervous system has two different systems in it, actually. We have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is involved with arousal, when we get really aroused by things, when we get energy around things. The parasympathetic nervous system is there. It's like the brake of the pedal. It's meant to kind of cool us down, wanting to balance us out. So what we want to do is be able to balance out both of these systems here. And so what we need to learn how to do is not just interrupt the stress loop and create more mindfulness to widen that space, but we want to be able to refocus on relaxing our minds and bodies. So while we need mindfulness, we also need this ability to relax. It's almost like we need two wings to fly. You see, stress affects three key areas of our brain. It affects the prefrontal region, as we've talked about before. Mindfulness creates activity in the left prefrontal region, and, and which is involved with feeling positive emotions, feeling a sense of resiliency, approaching things in life. And stress also affects the amygdala, which is we might consider to be the emotional center of the brain. Some people call it the fear circuit, but it's also where we experience love too. And it also affects an area right behind there called the hippocampus. The hippocampus is involved with learning, memory, putting things in context. So with the amygdala, what you'll see is people that have chronic stress over time will see an overactivity in the amygdala. We'll see sometimes an enlarged amygdala that's there, which means like it has more power. And we'll see, the, we'll see a drained hippocampus. We'll actually even see a shrunken hippocampus that's there, which if we think about it, it's kind of funny sometimes when we're wondering where our keys are, when we're so stressed out and we can't find our keys, we can't remember where we put them before. Maybe that's a direct impact on the hippocampus. So we need to relax our brain. And by doing that, by relaxing our brain, we're going to bring more activity to the left side, we're going to be able to cool down the amygdala, and we're going to be able to support the hippocampus that's here. So lowering our stress, learning how to relax, is really going to lower the impact on these three areas of the brain. Herbert Benson, who is a famous psychologist and famous also for coining this experience called the relaxation response, said people listen better when they're more relaxed. It's a more fertile environment, so you can do what you are so well-trained to do the cognitive work, the positive thinking that we want to do there. And that's not just to be Pollyanna in our lives and not be aware of the real difficulties and challenges that are there. But it's just that the brain pays more attention to that than necessary. And that's for evolutionary reasons, because we need to pay attention more to the negative sometimes than the positive in order to keep us safe. We're wired to survive, not be happy after all. And so our brain is wired to pay more attention to the negative. And so we're more relaxed, we can widen that space a little bit more and say, I wonder what's also good that's going on right now. Uh, let me listen to my positive memories that I've had recently. 
and let me balance out my brain a little bit. William James, who is also a very famous psychologist from the late 1800s, said, My experience is what I agree to attend to. Only those items which I notice shape my mind. Without selective interest, experience is an utter chaos. The Dalai Lama said, A calm mind brings inner strength and self-confidence. So that's very important for good health. So there's something about learning how to train our minds to be more calm, have a greater sense of ease, have a greater sense of perspective that's there. So if mindfulness is about learning how to pay attention to our intention, so we're aware that we want to be more relaxed or we're aware that we want to exercise more, that we're aware we're trying to do things to sleep better or maybe we want to develop a meditation practice or maybe we want to be more connected to the people that we care about. That's my intention. So mindfulness is about learning how to pay attention to our intention. It follows that strengthening our ability to attend would support mindfulness in daily life. So I want to give you a tip today. And this is something that's been so powerful for me in my life. There's been plenty of times in my life and people oftentimes make the mistake or make the projection of looking at me or my family even because we bring families on international retreats. We do family mindfulness retreats. And so they say, wow, you must be completely zenned out and like mindful all the time. And and your family must be like this perfect family where all your kids are just like totally relaxed and mindful all the time. And I couldn't tell you that couldn't be the more opposite of, of what's going on. And that's that's what draws me to this work really is because sometimes life can be utter chaos. I feel like I grew up in that. And, and, and it's upon me then to be able to see that and relate to it in a way where I can have greater balance and perspective and sometimes just be incredibly forgiving to myself for the inevitable errors and obstacles that I make. And in doing that, I bring greater balance to myself. So one of the things that's been so helpful to me is to literally slow my body down during the day. When I'm feeling really anxious, when I'm paying attention to the news and it's talking about catastrophes you know, around the corner, or when I'm overwhelmed because there's so many things happening with my kids, or something's not going right with a program that I created, or maybe someone's having a problem that's a, that's a student of mine that's there, and, and, and I start getting really worried about it. I know that I have this nervous system that starts from my brain and coils down my my spinal cord all through my legs and my arms and hands. And it sends signals back to my brain as well, back and forth, back and forth, mind and body, mind and body. And, and if I can literally slow my body down, then what happens is my thoughts start to slow down a little bit too. It's completely connected. So my tip to you in learning how to relax, practice and repetition, getting better at relaxing, is to practice slowing down in your day. Literally walking a little bit slower, not like in slow motion where you'll fall over, but literally walking a little bit slower, maybe even talking a little bit slower, maybe even um, cleaning a little bit slower, or being in the shower a little bit slower, maybe enjoying it instead of worrying about what you need to do that day while you're in the shower. Slow down a little bit during your day. So right now we're going to do a practice that's about slowing down. And so this is a meditation that stems from a yoga tradition called pranayama. 
And basically what all this is, we're taking some deep breaths, but we're breathing in for the count of five, breathing out for the count of seven. So we're literally slowing down our breaths. We're breathing out longer on the out breath. And so I'll guide you through this. And then I'm going to leave you on your own for a little bit. And we'll see what we notice. As always, when your mind drifts off, as it's likely to do, even with this counting, take note of it. Say to yourself, thinking, thinking, thinking. Very gently guide your attention back to breathing in this same way. Just begin again. No problem. And we'll do this. Okay. So get in a comfortable position. Seated or lying down. Either way is okay. Most important is that you just have a straight spine. And take a couple deep breaths to begin. Give yourself permission to do that. You're just releasing with each exhale. Softening your body. And breathing in and breathing in for the count of five through your nose. One, two, three, four, five. And then breathing out through your mouth like you're blowing out through a straw with your lips pursed. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Again, inhaling through your nose, two, three, four, five. Breathing out through your mouth like through a straw, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And just continuing like this for the next couple minutes. Whenever your mind drifts off, taking note, gently bringing it back.
being aware of where your mind is now. If it's off, take note of that thinking, thinking, softening your body. Coming back to this rhythm of breathing, breathing in through your nose, the count of five. Breathing out like through a straw, the count of seven. And in a moment, we'll come to the end of this practice. But again, just checking in. How are you feeling physically right now? How's your body feeling? And just acknowledging yourself for taking this time out of all your daily busyness, what your mind says you would, could, or should be doing for your own health and well-being. This is an act of self-care, so that final piece of acknowledging yourself for taking this time. And when you're ready, I'll see you in the next lesson.